0: what if we don't have to wait till the end of time for Christ to open the seven seals? You're listening to The Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode 148. The topic for today is, Christ opens the book with seven seals today. You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm so grateful you tuned in to listen today. This week we're going to talk about the fact that Christ opens the book with the seven seals. This is mentioned in the book of Revelation, but I'm also going to talk about how that applies to you and me today. Recently, I was studying Revelation chapter 5, where John of Patmos is shown a scroll or a book, some translations have it, sealed with seven seals. Chapter 6 of Revelation then describes what happens as the seals are opened. I know a lot of Christians who are incredibly fixated on what these seals represent and the events that follow in the book of Revelation. There are so many different opinions and theories about how and when these prophecies will be fulfilled. So, let's just look at the first few verses of chapter 5. This is Revelation 5, 1 through 9. This is John speaking. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, that's referring to God, a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. That's referring to Christ. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, you see the metaphor of the crucifixion there, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders the Lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne, and when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people and they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. This is quite a scene, isn't it? And of course, it's a metaphor. But what does it really mean? Well, for centuries, Bible scholars have pontificated and prophesied on the meaning of this passage and the chapters that follow. Basically, They have created their four-color flip charts, their timelines, and elaborate explanations of who the four living creatures are, who the four horsemen are, which are mentioned later, and what the seven seals represent, the seven trumpets and the seven angels with their plagues, which come later in the book, and more importantly, they predict when these prophecies will be fulfilled. People have been prophesying for centuries that the time is at hand and that we are living in the last days and perhaps even the last few moments before the fulfillment of the prophecies in the book of Revelation. And if you keep track of these things at all, you've noticed there's a growing list of people, especially over the last 100 to 200 years or so, who have come up with exact dates for when certain things will come to pass which are mentioned in the book of Revelation and other places in the New Testament. They have it all figured out, but the prophesied time frames for when Jesus would return or when the world would end have come and gone, and here we still are. Then these so-called prophets continue to tweak their predictions. They recalculate But always they proclaim the time is right around the corner. But it hasn't happened the way they have predicted. And each new generation does the same thing. And there are a lot of Bible scholars today, more and more, who believe that the prophecies in the book of Revelation were not referring to something in the 20th or 21st centuries, but to the immediate time just after it was written. But whether the book of Revelation was written referring to the 1st century or the 21st century or beyond, I think we've missed something in these apocalyptic writings. To me, the essence of this last book in the Bible is about the ultimate supremacy of good over evil. But I'm not convinced it's a question of how events will unfold in a linear time frame of reference. In fact, I wrote a blog post a number of years ago called The End of the World is Not a Chronological Event, and I'll have that link in the show notes. Now, I'm certainly not pretending to know all the answers. I don't claim to be an expert on this. I'm just sharing my thoughts and observations. Whether these prophecies have already been completely fulfilled, as some people believe, or they will be in the future, as others believe, the more I've thought about it, the more it seems to me that they are and can be also fulfilled in our individual lives on a daily basis with each challenge that we face. Maybe you have a deep emotional scar because of something that happened in your past. Maybe you have an addiction in your life to drugs, sex, or just eating too many banana splits. Maybe there's some fears Deep inside you, which you haven't dealt with. These things affect us, even if we aren't aware of them. You've probably tried to resolve these problems through prayer or any way possible, but here's where the Lamb in chapter 5 of Revelation, which represents Christ, comes to the rescue. What if we don't have to wait till the end of time for Christ to open the seven seals? What if it could happen right now? When evil influences seem to have us bound up and sealed so we can't live life to the fullest, only Christ can actually remove these obstacles. In Revelation chapter 6, as Christ opens the seven seals, various forms of evil are loosed and run roughshod over the earth. But these evils had to be taken from their hiding places and exposed in order to finally be destroyed by God's ultimate omnipotence. This is true in our lives today, both individually and collectively. Only Christ can break the seal, unlock the door, get down to the root of the problem, and heal us. No man, woman, or child, no institution, religious or secular, no organization, no government, policy, or agenda, can do what Christ does for us. No man-made religious doctrines, human psychology, or material remedies can deliver us from evil. Only Christ can truly uncover and destroy what hinders us. But hidden, unknown evil must first be exposed. And that's exactly what Christ does. When we try to force open the seals of evil with human will and determination, whether with selfish or even noble motives, we're going to fail because we're trying to do something we are not ordained to do and which we're incapable of accomplishing. We're trying to take the place of Christ. We must let the Lamb of God do his job. He alone can. He alone knows how. Every time, You have the humility to realize that you, anyone, or anything else cannot solve your problems. You're opening the door to let Christ in to remove the seal, which is the first step. If there's a rotten log across a path in the forest which prevents you from going forward, the first step is to move it out of the way. If it's a big log, you may need some help. In the process of removing the log, all the bugs and spiders which were hidden in and under it scatter. When Christ exposes the hidden hurts and sins in our hearts, it's kind of like moving that log. Sometimes our problems flare up and cling to us more tenaciously, just as the spiders from under the rotting log run up your leg when you move it. But this is actually a symptom, or you could say a precursor, of spiritual rebirth and regeneration that's about to take place. When Christ opens the seven seals, all hell breaks loose. Go read chapter six of Revelation and you'll see what I mean. This exposure of evil and the upheaval that follows is a necessary step in Christ's ultimate victory over evil. A lot of preachers today try to scare people into believing in Christ by foreshadowing the tumultuous times ahead. But I think they're missing a crucial point about how Bible prophecy is fulfilled. It's not about dates and times so much as how God is ripening the grain. Even Jesus said in referring to his coming and the end of the age, this is mark thirteen twenty two but of that day and hour, no one knows not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Jesus says that even he doesn't know the time. Who do we think we are that we can figure it out? Only the Father in heaven knows it, so when people claim that they have discovered the exact date through their careful interpretation of scripture when Jesus will return and the end of the world will occur. Don't take their predictions seriously. Just before Jesus ascended, his disciples asked him if he would restore the kingdom of Israel. This is in Acts chapter 1 verses 6 and 7. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Jesus' reply still stands as a rebuke to everyone in the past, the present, and the future who tries to figure out the dates and the times. He said, It is not for for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority it is not for you to know the times or dates let that sink in a minute are you willing to give up this desire to know something jesus said is not for us to know that it's impossible to know these things to think that we can figure out when the end of this age will come is incredibly arrogant. It's like trying to build a modern-day Tower of Babel to reach for the heavens and assume God's role. Let's come back to this idea of Christ opening the seven seals on the scroll. Instead of getting all caught up in how this is going to happen in the future or whether it has already happened in the past, I encourage you to focus more on how Christ Fulfills this prophecy in your life today. Is there something hiding in your heart that needs to be exposed, faced, and healed? Things you've done wrong and haven't dealt with, or the unhealed wounds from things others have done to harm you? Only Christ can open the seals of your heart, expose the evil, and defeat the foe. Christ says, this is Revelation 3:20. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. Imagine if Jesus came to your front door and asked to come in to share a meal with you, but your house was an absolute mess. I did a podcast episode based on this very premise. It's episode 14 would you let Jesus in your house if you hadn't cleaned up for weeks? I'll have that link in the show notes. There have been times in the past when my house was so messy, I wouldn't even let my friends in the door. Fortunately, that's no longer the case. Now, think about Jesus. Would you want him to see your messy house? And I use this as a metaphor for the mess in our lives. But that's why Christ comes to help clean up the mess. And he goes right to the closet you have all that junk crammed into, the secret chamber in your heart where you've hidden away hurts, fears, and sins. Christ opens the door hiding the mess, pulls it all out, and starts getting rid of it. In effect, he's opening the seven seals on your heart. This has happened to me in the last week or so. Sometimes gently, sometimes more forcefully, Christ has been exposing some deep, hidden fears in my heart that I wasn't really aware of or I thought I'd already dealt with. These fears have kept me from doing some things I need to do with my life, fears that I'm not good enough or don't know enough to do everything God wants me to do. It's been a sobering process, but also a very hopeful one. I can feel Christ removing these fears and that gives me courage to go forward. Now, just as a side note, the number seven often represents a sense of completeness or fullness. Think of the seven seals as symbolic of all the evils or problems, whether in your life individually or the whole world, as referred to in the book of Revelation. When the Lamb, Christ, opens these seals, It represents the complete exposure and destruction of all evil, both individually and collectively. When this happens, don't hold on to the stuff in your life Christ comes to get rid of. Don't be afraid to let him in to help. He's good at cleaning up a messy house, a messy life. Don't be impressed with how big the mess is or how long it's been there. Christ is a full service cleaner upper. And he doesn't just get rid of the junk in your closet, the hurts and fears in your heart. He cleans the windows so more light or more of God's love comes into your life. He washes the dishes and does the laundry on a regular basis. Or, in other words, he gets rid of all the daily grime, the daily hurts and fears, so it doesn't pile up and get crammed in that closet that he just cleaned out. And you guessed it, Christ does not clean out that closet. He doesn't clean up your life for you to put more junk back in there. When your closet is clean, you can store your clean clothes and linens in there. When Christ cleans out all the fears and hurts in your heart, you have a place in your life to keep track of the times when you turn to God for help your spiritual growth, and the healings and solutions God has brought to you. We could keep this metaphor going, but I think you get the idea. Take a moment and be still. Christ is opening the seals of evil on your life. It may seem scary. It may seem tumultuous. It may seem like the problems are worse than ever before, but it's a cleansing process a healing in progress. This prophecy of Christ breaking the seals on the scroll is not just for the past or only for the future. Christ is knocking on the door of your heart. All he asks is to share a meal with you, to partake of the bread of life with you. In the process, he will open the seven seals, everything that would try to keep you from being all that God made you to be. Christ is uncovering and destroying whatever is unlike him in your life today, as well as in the whole world, one heart at a time. Thanks again for being here and listening today. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If so, please share it with a friend. You may know someone who would really appreciate the message today. If you're new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, I'm so grateful you're here. If you haven't subscribed yet on the website, I encourage you to do so. Go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com and click on the subscribe tab in the menu bar. Fill out your name and email address and you're all set. And as a special thank you, I'm going to send you a prayer guide called Praying with the Mindset of Jesus. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode or anything in the Bible, please reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. Just go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the Contact tab in the menu bar. As always, I'll have the Bible references mentioned today. In the show notes page on the website, you can find those at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 148. This is episode 148. And if you're listening on the podcast app, that link will be in the description. There are now listeners to the Bible Speaks to You podcast in 146 countries. I could not do this without your support and the fact that you share it with your friends. Thank you so much. It really means a lot to me. That's it for this week. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care and we'll see you next time. God bless.